You've all heard the saying, there is no I in team. Well, that's partly correct. But we each bring a unique perspective and experience when working as a team. So it can be viewed as a collective group of eyes that work together to build a team of success. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. With host Dr. Cass Henry. In today's program, we'll uncover the tools of team success in order to achieve winning results. Now, here is Dr. Cass Henry. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. I'm Dr. Cass Henry, and I'm thrilled to share another hour with you. First wealth is health, was the assertion made by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And most of us will agree that such is the case in our everyday life. In a material society, even when individuals chase monetary and material wealth at the cost of their health, there comes a time in each of our lives that we realize the errors of our ways. If health is so important, what are some of the things we need to be mindful of? Even when we forget for a moment that health is what sustains us, when we hit that realization, it may be too late. So what do we need to do as family and caring members of each other's uh, inner circle What do we need to do to be mindful is a million dollar question we need to ask each other. Mindfulness starts with self. If we do not make time and put in an effort to be mindful of ourselves and our lives, we are never going to develop the skills of mindfulness in any of our human interactions and our relationships. Just like charity begins at home, mindfulness starts with our individual selves. Mindfulness is a mental state achieved by focusing one's awareness on the present moment while calmly, calmly being the operative word, acknowledging and accepting one's feelings, thoughts, and bodily sensations. It is the definition that the dictionary provides. And we need to go beyond the dictionary definition to understand how we can use this to help ourselves. Because remember, even God can only help those who help us to help themselves. So to say that, you know, we'll pray is not going to take care of things. While we pray, we have to do what it takes to take care of ourselves. How can we develop the quality or state of being conscious and being aware of health and wellness related matters? How can we plan our eating habits? How can we plan our physical activity routines? How can we make time for mental alertness and calm, relaxing times as part of our wellness? How do we plan for medical and healthcare emergencies and contingencies? Do we even take the time to have these conversations with our families, with our loved ones, and those of us who don't have families with our inner circle? These are all real life matters we must think about, discuss with our extended circle and make sure we make these times. It is not just a good idea, it is the responsible, mindful and loving action in the interest of those we love and it starts with ourselves, right? As the saying goes, we can't give something we don't have so we have to start with loving ourselves, being mindful for ourselves and then stemming from there, pass it on to those in our circle. 
My family just recently went through an unplanned, unexpected health situation. As we go through the process of dealing with these challenging times and coming out of this, we are not yet out of it, but as we work through this for ourselves, my husband and I wanted to take time to share with you our experiences and strategies so that we can use this as a backdrop to help everybody come up with their own plans in the interest of their families and their loved ones. We want to be mindful of how our situation can inform and shape the journey of others. To help me do this in this episode, Mindful Planning for Health and Wellness, is my husband, Mike Henry. Mike, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, my dear. (laughs) First of all, I am very, very happy, thankful, and grateful for coming out of this in one piece. It has been a very trying journey, but having had a plan and having a supporting network in the absence of immediate family around us has been a huge part of our ability to deal with this. So um, happy you're here, happy we're able to have this conversation. And as we get started, what is the thought going through your head in terms of where we are today compared to how this all started three months ago, three and a half months ago? Oh, we'll never be caught with our pants down, so to speak. Yes. Uh We, we know, I think both of us, I know I do, <clears throat> know to listen to our bodies. We know that, that you know, hospitals are marvelous things. Doctors are marvelous people. But we're all, not the building, but the doctors and the patients and the staff are all human beings uh, given to fall- fallibility. And we, so the doctors can't be gods and we can't be demanding Miracles, because doctors are not miracle workers. They are just great, great people, but they have flaws, just as as we, we the patient have flaws. Uh, and so, understanding that is important. But if you take a step back and look at how this all started, and how are you personally feeling? Yeah, well, the, the interesting thing is is. Uh, from small small oaks, uh, acorns grow mighty oaks. Th- this was totally unexpected, and it was a cascading effect. Mm-hmm. I fainted. Well, fainting, yeah, you need that. So we, we got me to the hospital. But the, the fainting led to, oh, it's this particular thing, so you have to take a blood thinner, and we'll get everything working. It's exactly what happened for the first 18 hours. And then there was blood that showed up in my bowel. It's like, oh, we need to do a colonoscopy. Colonoscopy led to a diagnosis of cancer. Diagnosis of cancer led to a respiratory. And it, uh, not the diagnosis of cancer, but the, the, the pre- my presence in the hospital led to an infection of the respiratory system to where I which in a, in a coughing mitt after I would, was home, I uh, had such a violent coughing fit, I, I literally propelled myself off of the wooden uh, kitchen chair and broke a bone in the base of my neck, a very serious bone that uh, could have had, in the words of the doctor, catastrophic effects. Mm-hmm. And all of this took place in a very short period of time from a guy that is robust and healthy to a guy that's 
my God, what happened? And then it, it's difficult to, to comprehend. That is why you need to sit down with your family today. And then you plan for uh, an advocate. Costery is my advocate, and I hers. And when the doctors come and say, we need to do this, Costery says, what is this? Why do we need to do this? And give me all the information that you can possibly give me. She educated herself. Costery now is not only a PhD, she's an MB in my book. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. The first thing when I took you to the emergency room, the first question out of everybody's mouth is, do you have a living will? Do you have a medical power of attorney? And uh, does your living will talk about do not resuscitate DNR? What are your wishes? And how many families even know what these things mean? And we, as a older couple, when we got married, we made sure that we had all of these things in place. Yeah, and and, And do all families sit down and think about, we may be young, but do we have plans for financial power of attorney, healthcare power of attorney, living well, it doesn't matter the age, things can happen. Yeah. I can be hit by a truck trying to cross the road, right? So how, how can people go about making sure they have these in place or how can we help them? You know, it's, uh, see your player. No, no, it's, it's very important. And I wanted to add one thing to what you're saying is when you wake up sitting in an ambulance after having fainted and not knowing really that you had fainted, thinking, what now? And the ambulance staff, then the hospital staff, everybody's asking you all kinds of things. And you, I don't care what kind of genius you may be, you're not prepared to sort out the questions to even begin to formulate an answer. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's the first thing. But what you need to do way ahead of time is sit down with your family and assign people jobs, cross-train, mm-hmm. uh, and, and... Have a backup plan for a, the backup a, plan, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and be open and honest. Yeah. And the wellness, we haven't touched on wellness, but that's important. And let your family pound on you. It's like, hey, let's get subs, and we'll, we'll get this, this all sorted out. It's like, we're talking about our health, and we're going to get subs. Let's, let's eat healthy tonight. Mm-hmm. So, so th- those things are, are are very important, and they can I, lead to to as as I'm finding out for people healthy but heated mm-hmm. uh, arguments over resuscitation. Well, you know, I want to be kept alive. Uh, you know, we all have our opinions, but they have to be expressed and they have to be written down, and then we need to to, to have an attorney codify them or or whatever. Make it they, into a legal document. Yeah, uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, whatever they do with mm-hmm. these things. And how many people have an electronic version of that available to hand it over in an emergency to the medical professionals while you're being taken in an ambulance and you land in an emergency room? For yeah. me, it's a occupational hazard, right? I always carry a laptop with me and everything is on a flash drive and it is accessible in real time uh, as much as it drives you crazy. Um, it is how I live my life because I, for work purposes, have to be able to get on a plane and go somewhere when work calls. 
And that means I have to be able to address everything about life and work on a flip of a switch. So we've arranged our lives in a way that everything is at the fingertips and electronically accessible, and we can't be carrying papers. Yes. So we were lucky, and we had planned ahead of time, so it's not just luck, it's forethought. And in our case, we had a, a process in place, we had all the documents, but my backup is no longer available. So we had to make sure that to make all your medical decisions when you were not in a frame of mind to do it, I was there, my work was flexible enough to allow me to be there and then conduct my work from the hospital. Yes, and, and that, that was the fact that your employer allowed you mm-hmm. to, to, to both, uh, ran, ran the life out of you it seemed, but you were able to act as my advocate as well as you know, continue with your job so this might be a conversation you should have with your employers as well, and then mm-hmm. see see what sort of policy, if any policy. Maybe they need a policy, mm-hmm. uh, but but thank goodness for for Class Three's uh, workplace, were workplace, and how how good they were about it. And of course, her ambition, her, her energy is boundless. I must tell you. So luckily we had everything in place, we had put the effort and we were able to pull it off. So the first nugget we would like to make sure everybody takes away from our experience is that have a game plan that the family, employer and all parties to your health and wellness is on the same page so that when an emergency happens is not when you're trying to sort things out, nobody's in a frame of mind to sort things out at that point. So have a plan to execute, and when we come back from the break, we are going to get into the details of how we want to uh, and, extend this conversation. And the second nugget, which are the doctors and staff you're going to be dealing with. Yes, and that's something we want to delve in deeper. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. 
Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You're joining us in the episode of Mindful Planning for Health and Wellness. So, Mike, before we went on break, we talked about the first nugget being having the proper legal documentation of uh, the uh, living will, the medical power of attorney, the financial power of attorney, and the overall will all in place with the DNR or do not resuscitate requirements, everything captured and a game plan with the family and the employer to make sure that when uh, unplanned medical emergencies happen, everybody knows what their role is to play. But the one thing you can't plan ahead is which hospital you're going to end up in, or have you taken the time to build a relationship with the hospital closest to you and even if that is the case, even if you have a relationship, you don't know what is going to be the actual situation when you get there and what medical professionals you're going to need and who's going to be at hand. So based on your experience, what what should people be aware of and what was your experience dealing with the professionals, the doctors, the therapists, the nurses? First of all, if, if you have a good hospital, you have an organized hospital and people know their jobs. However, on the second hand, hospitals are busy, always busy, and plan on waiting. And I know you, at that time, you feel like the only person on earth, but you're not. And there will be waiting and there will be frustration, even though only, what, two hours ago you fainted and suddenly it's, okay, now, now what, now what? In a minute, in a minute. And these, these they can be irritating. Don't alienate the staff. They're doing their job, they're doing it efficiently, and they're working hard. So don't alienate them. Uh, Doctors, I found, (laughs) all they're human beings and God love them. They they all have very high opinions of themselves and they are are the curer in chief. Uh, And so you just have to take that with, uh, with, with a grain of salt because they really are good at what they do. If you've chosen to go to the hospital, I'm <laughs> teasing you. They really are wonderful at what they do and they're looking out for you. And I, there was one doctor I complained to, I said, what, you know, you keep finding stuff. And he said, well, think of this as your tune-up and we're, we're not looking for things, but there are things, you know, man your age, Things develop over time and you have to expect it. And uh, mm-hmm. actually, you're not in bad health for a man your age. But then that was before we found some of the other things. Yes. Mm-hmm. So actually understanding where the doctors are coming from and not letting their ego get in your way, but 
keep that aside and let them attend to you professionally becomes part of the lesson learned here. But at the same time, one of the things we ran into is when there is a complicated situation in a highly specialized world of American medicine, the heart doctor wants to do what the heart doctor wants to do, the cancer doctor or surgeon wants to do what the cancer surgeon wants to do, and the respiratory doctor wants to do what the respiratory doctor wants to do, and there is this general physician who is trying to figure out how to coordinate all of the moving pieces, and if you had a seizure or you fainted, then the neurologist want to come and make sure that the brain function and the spine function and everything else is fine. So all of a sudden you have all these competing professional interests. And this is where having the right advocate comes into play. How was your experience dealing with all these doctors coming in and descending on you at the same time? Yeah, it, it, it was absolutely confusing. I was bewildered and perplexed. Costery had a cool head. So your advocate should have on its team uh, a cool head and an organized mind. And if the doctor's got a little bit out of hand, she uh, she was not at all bashful about saying, no, wait a minute. You know, you're telling me two different things and you're saying you agree when you don't agree. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to get on the table everything that needs to be done. And I, I don't know this was a matter of chance, but there was a... Uh, and what do you call those nurses physician physician's assistant physician's assistant on our that was with the hospital uh, and anyhow she was marvelous in getting between custody and the doctors the doctors and themselves and she she kept things the, the, helped us navigate through these uncharted waters yes Yes, she was, she was more mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is, is a function of the hospital and the way they administrate and organize themselves. And it really did filter all the way down from the top to, to the nurses, the, the nurses, nurses assistant. And the, for the surgeon at one point, I overheard her say, I'm the surgeon. I tell her the news is not always good, and she doesn't look at me. She looks at you. <laughs> and then and the, the nurse's physician said, she may trust me more. <laughs> yes, the physician assistant had a relationship yes. with us. Yes. Mm-hmm. And throughout this whole thing, one of the things I learned as the spouse and the advocate is that each doctor is focusing on their specialization and the treatment for their specialization area. And nobody is looking at the interaction effect of any of that on the human being, the patient. So one of the things I did is the hospital, every hospital room has a whiteboard. And there are things that the hospital keeps notes on to remind the patient but I took over the second half of the board and I kept a list of all the things each doctor is deciding and asking us to do. And I diagrammed, and once again, I guess this is an occupational hazard, trying to project manage all of these moving pieces as if it was a business plan. Uh, it was a health plan. And what were the interaction effects of all of these moving decisions and choices the specialists were making 
and what were the unintended interaction effect on the patient and then calling a timeout from time to time and asking the doctors, what about this? I understand what you're trying to do, but what about this? And to a point where even debated with them on the prudency, and I use the word prudently very thoughtfully, the prudent nature of having the cure kill the patient. For example, you were put on Zeralto, and being put on Zeralto meant? Blood thinner. Blood thinner, okay. Uh, yes, you were put on a blood thinner, and that was causing bleeding. Every two, three days, they had to give you a blood transfusion. Yeah, which pr- delayed the operation to look for the cancer, for to, mm-hmm. to then investigate the cancer that was showing up. Mm-hmm. And so you had to be taken in for surgery. The, colon, uh, uh, the surgeon wanted to take you in for surgery, but the heart doctor wouldn't take you off of a d- different kind of blood thinner they put you on. And so it's a matter of then getting the right medical professionals involved. How do we handle this in a way that you can be in the operating table for eight to 10 hours? It was a, an, a balancing act. And in overhearing this, because I, at, at the time, just consider a man bewildered. And it was almost as if watching a novelty act where the juggler comes out with the bowling pins and suddenly a bowling pin goes out. And a chainsaw is introduced into the act, and he's juggling the the, the bowling uh, pins with the chainsaw, and he and then throws out another bowling pin and introduces a motorcycle, and he's balancing all of these things, and to to overhear the conversation mm-hmm. is frightening enough to have these doctors execute and execute successfully that transition from a blood thinner back to normal, and then the ability to operate mm-hmm. and and do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And it's important for families and the advocate to not take what the doctor says as gospel, gospel. and challenge some of those notions and ask for alternatives and not blindly do everything they tell us to do. Because that was to me the single most important lesson learned Because just like in any other profession, we're all humans, we're all fallible. But I would jokingly tell the doctors, only medical professionals and legal professionals practice their entire life. They are only practicing. They haven't perfected. We in our rest of our professions have to be perfect every time we execute. So knowing that they consider themselves just practicing then we can't expect them to be perfect. I would always jokingly say, you're practicing, so what are some of the uh, risks that I need to be aware of? And over time, since we were there for almost three months, they got to know that in that humor was also the seriousness, and we were able to strike that middle ground. And so the important thing here is that asking those difficult questions, be willing to have those difficult conversations, and truly be the staunch advocate for the patient or your loved one. Because one of the things I walked away with was everybody asking, what do you do for a living? And boy, I wish I would have somebody like you for an advocate. And we saw other patients who didn't have advocates. And I actually was sitting there making notes and walked away thinking that I might actually have to end up writing a manual on how to help families navigate this because not everybody is used to dealing with those difficult choices in life. 
and and another thing in that same vein is it's kind of an unexpected thing that, that I noticed. Some doctors, you know, may, maybe it's, it's the way life acts. Some people we like better than others, mm-hmm. and some doctors you have a, a better rapport with than with than than other doctors. Again, the ones you find you have a good rapport with, cultivate a little bit of a relationship with them, and one that rubs you the wrong way, <laughs> wait until the other guy comes by. That's true. Um, so so. So, so you need to you need to approach a hospital stay almost as if you were approaching a little sideline, a, a little side side life. Yes, because to, it comes back to relationship building, yeah. even in that circumstance. Yes, and and so some of the doctors uh, that I dealt with, uh, I, I like very very much. Mm-hmm. Good sense of humor, which is something we ought to talk about later. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and uh, some of them cared enough to give us their personal cell yes. number and say if. You're worried about something? Text us. We will we will respond to you. We don't want you suffering through this in silence as a family overnight and stressing out. So yes. find those people, right? Yep, find those people. It goes back to uh, again quality of staff and quality of uh, mm-hmm. of, of hospital mm-hmm. as, a, as as an entity. Mm-hmm. And we were lucky that we were in a teaching hospital. We had doctors who were qualified but who were doing their residency. We had experienced nurses. We had very experienced nurses assistants. And actually coming out of this experience, we have actually built a network of medical professionals who've become like extended family. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing that when, when you say, what, you know, this this has been agony. And you really do a balance sheet. You say, wait a minute, I know this guy. This guy I'm going to go to dinner with. And you, you get an even better insight into what's going on at the hospital with the doctor. And you're able more to manage what's going on inside yourself. Yes. Uh-huh. And with that, let's go to our break, come back and pick up the conversation in, ter- in terms of what kind of mental state do we need to be in to have that positive attitude? Because that is very, very important for navigating these uncharted territories, as well as the dealing with the healthcare situation itself. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's KASHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Gold Blocks, How to Get It Just Right. You're joining us in the episode, Mindful Planning for Health and Wellness. Now, one of the most challenging things for us to deal with was layer after layer of bad news in a completely unexpected situation. Because in all honesty, I had just come back from two weeks of uh, work business trip to Europe. And all of this happened within 45 minutes of me arriving home. So we hadn't seen each other. We were excited to be home together. And then it was a domino effect of one bad news after another. But we had to be in a frame of mind to be able to deal with it, absorb it, and somehow make the decisions we needed to make to keep moving forward. What in your mind helped us hang in there and deal with it and deal with it the way we dealt with? I think without a doubt, humor. Uh, I mean, you, when, when you are, are bombarded, I mean, literally, it was like a blitzkrieg. And it's like I wanted to hide under the covers anytime I saw a doctor or a nurse come. I just go away. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but, but we did approach it with humor. Uh, you know, I can't think of any specific instance, but th- there we are in a hospital. You know, people are crying, people are moaning, some people are hollering. Uh, nobody wants to be there. Everybody really doesn't want to be there. Doctors are, are fighting through patients' emotions as well as the, their physical things mm-hmm. that, that are broken and need fixed. And we were able to, with humor and in good taste, Make people laugh. We were making ourselves laugh. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'd cry. Yes, and and some doctors like that very much. There were others mm-hmm. that maybe didn't. And we'd adopted the entire approach of if your spirit is in a peaceful, happy place, then your spirit will drag your body along for the journey. And we needed to keep each other in that happy, peaceful place so that our spirits were driving the decision and our body was not 
destroying our spirit because neither of us were getting sleep. You were going through surgical procedure after surgical procedure. And you were not always altogether there because you were constantly <laughs> under anesthesia. That's true. It's like, who are you? Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> and then they began to, the, <laughs> this was pretty funny. At least we thought it was. I'm not sure about others. But they got me. There was something the matter with the, the bed I was in, and the alarm kept going off. I was really getting frustrated, and they insisted it's my fault. It's like, how you've got me laying here, and the alarm means I'm trying to make an escape, get out of the hospital. I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Will you spell world backwards? Why am I spelling world backwards? Is that what's happened to the world? I, it was just silly things like that. And then they said, oh, they got me another bed. They wanted to make sure you were mentally altogether there yeah. and you were not trying to make one flew over the cuckoo's nest. I yeah, guess, something right? like that. I don't know what they, but it wasn't me. I just wanted to go to sleep. So navigating all of this with a positive spirit was important, as well as making sure people who were taking care of us were in happy mood so that they did take good care of us, right? That's correct, yes. Mm -hmm. And then that included the staff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, At first, uh, the the nurse's assistant that was to clean me every morning did so grudgingly, and I was not much happier about it. But uh, with uh, some encouragement by Cass, and others, uh, she cheerfully every morning, mm-hmm. we come in, we're ready for a wash, aren't we? Yes, we are, dear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and me being there, me helping, me getting involved with the everyday responsibilities, that helped. Yeah, it became more of a family affair, and mm-hmm. there were just a couple of new people with a couple of new jobs. Mm-hmm. And I was in a better frame of mind because my employer allowed me for two and a half months, mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, ground all travel on my end and yep. everybody flew in to meet with me and I was able to be in the hospital with you. And when I had to go in to the office for meetings, um, this is something we did. I went to the uh, a store, medical supply store and pharmacy in the hospital and got him a stuffed toy. Oh, yes. And uh, me coming from Sri Lanka, we are used to monkeys and elephants. And people have monkeys and elephants for pets. They wander around the neighborhood. And it is not something that is, you know, unnatural. And Mike has always said, you know, I want to take a monkey and an elephant back to America to have as a pet. And we would always hope that that's not possible. So every morning, even staff not assigned to us would come in. Say good morning to the love monkey. (laughs) (laughs) So I got Mike a little monkey that I would pin on his hospital gown so that when he woke up uh, and I wasn't around because I had to go into the office, we called it the love monkey. The love monkey was there and he knew that I was there and I was going to be back. And so knowing what we have a deeper connection to and what is meaningful to us Something as silly as, you know, someday having a monkey for a pet became one of those things that connected us. Even when I had to step away from the hospital to either go home and take a shower and take care of our pet, or when I had to go into the office to attend to work, there was always that notion that he knew I was with him because I pinned that on him. Yep. I'm going to get a real love monkey soon. 
<laughs> so whatever that is going to help your family deal with these kind of challenging situations, whatever are those personal things that binds you and your loved ones together, make that a part of it because in a way, other people will learn to appreciate it because I remember all the nurses and the doctors telling me, you know, your husband is the kindest man we've had in this ward in a long, long time because he's taking the walker and going for a walk and he always has that monkey pinned on him and what grown man wants a little stuffed toy with big bally eyes pinned on him. And as much as that may not be looked upon as the manly thing to do, in those vulnerable moments, it's those little things that binds us together and it's those little things that make us feel loved and cared for and there is no shame in it. No, of course not. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And today we are in the house, in the living room and we have this monkey sitting and looking at us just to remind us where, where we've been. That's right. It's the, the love monkey all day, every day. <clears throat> So we truly are not out of the woods yet. No, we have a ways to go, but uh, things are moving in the right direction. All we have to do is keep moving forward one step at a time, Mm -hmm. one day at a time. One of the things we had to be careful about in the hospital because your stay was so long is to find ways to get you engaged in things that kept your mind working. Knowing that you like crossword puzzles, we got crossword books to work on. We played card games. How do you think that helped? How did that really help you stay alert? Given all the medication you were being pumped and all the anesthetic procedures you were going through. Well, I, I think part, part of it is, was when I took out that crossword puzzle book right after I came out of surgery and I didn't have a clue in the world how to do a crossword puzzle. It's like, wait a minute. I do these as second nature. So I accepted the effect of the anesthesia. Now just be patient and wait that. And in a day, and the, mm-hmm. the next day, I was back to doing crossword puzzles the correct way, not mm-hmm. trying. It was, it was really a strange feeling not being able to, to know where I put the letters mm-hmm. after reading the clues. It's, it was interesting. It was in, and just talking with uh, people who would walk past my room or I walking past them and say, hey, how you doing, Chuck? How you doing? So it, it was nice. And we make new friends or at least temporary friends mm-hmm. because everybody is most interested in getting out of out there. Out of there. Mm-hmm. And be gentle with yourself. I mean, you have to, you have to be kind to yourself because you're going. I... I, and in those quiet moments, um, there, there were some scary things. And I spent that time facing my mortality. Mm-hmm. And it's not an easy subject, but it's a subject that must be dealt with. There's only one person that can deal with your mortality, and that's you. Mm-hmm. And have that difficult conversation with the family, too, because you don't want to have to figure it out. And you don't want your loved ones to have to figure it out when you are not able to participate yes. in that conversation. We will, We had already talked through yeah. what we do in case of 
those kind of situations. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you you have you have to remember that life life goes on, mm-hmm. and uh, you have to be mindful of everybody else's feelings, but uh, talk freely and talk openly with your friends, with your family, especially mm-hmm. with your family. Mm-hmm. And what we found is playing cards and counting cards as we played those games repetitively. And we played games that children play. We didn't play poker. We played crazy Crazy eights eights. and we played rummy because we had to start small. But counting cards, remembering the shapes, the colors, those were all necessary for that slow recovery and getting the mind back in a place where you needed to be after those heavy medications. Yeah, it's, it's a slow go and, and you can get very impatient and, and it makes you irritable. And when you get a little irritable, you say, you know what, I just want to sleep. But you don't go to sleep. You, mm-hmm. you again do a tally of the day. How was your day? Did it get, was it better today or, be, or worse? And all days are better if you if you think of something funny and share it with somebody. Or I'm older and a younger person comes and I share a line from an old movie. Old movies now, I realize, are only 20 years old. I'd, but people don't know a movie 20 years old in some of the famous movie lines. They go, uh, what's funny about that? Well, you need the context of the movie. <laughs> so you get to tell stories. So you get, get to, to remember. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And anything that keeps your mind, for us, we found that anything that kept our minds alert and our minds grounded in counting, thinking, recalling, pattern connections. I I remember one one evening, uh, I called my mother, okay, and told stories from when we were kids. Well, she rolled on the floor, made her feel good, and you know what? I felt much better, too. Mm-hmm. And it helped you remember. Yes. Talking to her and remembering things helped you get your mind back on track yep. as you went through your recovery. Yep. Let's take our final break, come back, and continue this conversation, Mike. Good idea. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You're joining us in the final segment of Mindful Planning for Health and Wellness. So going through this experience, Mike, some of the things we learned were the importance of doing things right and what not to do. And some of the what not to do's you were not very happy with. In In our family, though, Joke always is, I always want to eat island Mediterranean diet and healthy fruit and vegetables, and I like to shop on the perimeter of the grocery store. And what do you always tell me? I'm American, and we have better living through chemistry. That's right. Better living through (laughs) chemistry. (laughs) But in this process, we learned not to eat processed food. Well, not to eat carbonated <laughs> beverages, not to drink carbonated beverages, things yeah, like there, that, there, right? There, there are a lot of things. And, you know, people that come in that get distraught because, you know, we're, we're not in a happy setting and they, they smile and then they turn away. You know, they're not smiling. Don't bring it up. Make a, a, a left turn or a right turn. Something humorous so that the, you get your your visitor's mind off of it. Otherwise, you get no more visitors. Yes. <laughs> so, so you want your visitors to feel happy. Um, we found that we were consoling our visitors more so than them making us feel good because they all, people who care about you tend to freak out, right? Yes. Well, they get my, worried. One of my favorite things, and it was recurring, is they use, I, and I swear this is true, I got to use every piece of equipment that they had in the hospital, a CAT scan, a PET scan, an MRI, uh, echocardiogram, and, and the list goes on and on and on. I said, you're taking inventory when you, you use these machines. And I would tell the, my visitors, we are missing a, a CAT scan with a serial number. Will you please go and find it for me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and after a while, you even asked, uh, started asking people to give you a toaster and a coffee machine for yeah, so said, using you know, all the machines. That I've used this machine so often, uh, don't I get a coffee maker? As a prize. And then nobody realized it was not many years ago where you did get a toaster for opening a bank account. But too many young people don't remember. Yes. So some of the what not to do we learned is 
truly understanding that every person who works in the hospital, whether it's a surgeon, a doctor, a, a nurse, a nurse's assistant, um, your therapist, they're all people. Yeah. They're all different. No two people are identical. So don't don't treat everybody the same. Understand them and deal with them as individuals the same way we want them to deal with us as individuals. Yeah. What are some of the other things we learned as to what not to do and do differently? Oh, yeah, I, that, that's important. You know, people that are not given or prone to humor or enjoying humor, <laughs> there's nothing worse than when you've said something you consider really hilarious and you look at the person on the, the listener on the other end and it's like, uh-oh, I said something dumb or this was the worst moment of humor in the history of humor. So... So understanding our audience, even as we are trying to deal with our own situation, understanding them so that they are in a best position to serve us without triggering their buttons. Yeah. That was important. Keep, 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 what what am I trying to say? Uh, Keep keep people engaged so that they don't engage so much the negative Mm -hmm. things that, that are there in the background. Keep them engaged in the positive things that are right in front mm-hmm. of you. Otherwise, you know, visitors are important. Mm-hmm. And we also learned that instead of talking about which nurses are not doing a good job and who do we like, what we did is every week we nominated a nurse for the award so that we highlighted what was working for us and through that process since we were there for two and a half months, everybody wanted to do better than the last person. And we created a, that positive cycle instead of hopping on the negative. So we learned to use envy as a way to have them take better care of us because everybody wants to be acknowledged for the work they do. Yes. Kindness kindness can work wonders. Mm-hmm. And these these men and women really do very thankless jobs. Uh, yes. You know, you mm-hmm. can you can understand and appreciate doctors and the the, the effort. But these these other people that are skilled but not to the level of a doctor, uh, the, the, their job really sometimes feels thankless. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yet they do it with a smile and uh, And they care. And they care. They mm-hmm. genuinely care. Care. Mm-hmm. And respecting them and knowing that they're doing this because they need the job, but they also care. That was important for us to demonstrate to them because that made them feel human. And while we were in our most vulnerable, acknowledging that they are serving us, helped us build better relationships and therefore get better service. Yes. Because everybody likes to be valued yes and everybody likes to be referred to by their names yes oh remembering names one of the things we learned is in a big city like chicago we are so diverse and our hospital staff came from different parts of the world and googling and finding out the meaning of their names And where did those names come from? And talking to them about their cultural heritage and what their names mean, 
that was something very, very important in building those relationships. And there's a lot of things you have to, you have so many hours to while away. You, you really have to be creative, but if you spend the time and the energy, you can really come up with some nice things to, to, to um, put, put a relationship together. Mm-hmm. So, Mike, I know we are running out of time. We are almost at the end of uh, this uh, show. But as we close, take a minute and share with us what was the most important lesson you got out of this whole process? Because this was, you walked to the edge and saw the other end of the cliff. And we've come through that process and we are in the recovery phase. What was one of your most important lessons learned? Most important lesson to learn is people need to be, to come together not polarized, not be polarized. There is no place for, for differences and disagreements in the final analysis. Hospitals are about life. They're also about death, unfortunately. And we have to accept for ourselves the, the meanings of that and what it means to us mm-hmm. and for others. Mm -hmm. And thank you. I know this has been very, very emotional to talk about this. I appreciate you allowing me to talk about this to make sure that we share our experience for the benefit of the others. And I really would like to uh, thank our listeners for participating in this conversation and listening to it. And I look forward to getting your emails and questions about this. If you want to discuss anything personal, feel free to email me. You know where to get a hold of me at drcasshenry at hotmail.com. This is a personal conversation, and we hope that this conversation has been meaningful to you. And there are nuggets of information you can use in your own family's wellness and mindfulness planning. As I always end my show, I would like to remind all of us to continue on with our day-to-day journey, remembering every human interaction, even the most upsetting ones, are an opportunity for our transformation. So let's go out there, transform lives, regardless of the circumstances, and let's not forget to start with our own. Thank you for tuning in to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, how to get it just right. Please join Dr. Cass Henry again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition of the program. We'll see you then.